This episode of the Planet Football Podcast is brought to you by Ritani. Looking for an engagement ring? Check out Ritani. Shop online and your ring is made in New York and sent to you or a local jeweler. It's that easy. Go to Ritani.com sports, that's R-I-T-A-N-I dot sports today for their free diamond giveaway. Welcome to a special Euro 2016 edition of the Planet Football Podcast. I am SI.com soccer editor Avi Creditor, joined today by Planet Football Podcast producer and SI.com's Alex Abnos. And later on, we are going to be joined by New York Red Bull star striker Bradley Wright Phillips to talk about all things England. Wright Phillips, a London native in England, uh, one of the teams that a lot of people had their eye on this summer. Alex, especially you, and we'll get to that uh, in a little bit, but uh, I just want to take a look at this field as a whole. It's the first 2014 European Championship, and that's obviously notable uh, for many reasons. France is the host. France is one of the favorites to win this thing. Uh, Alex, if it's cool with you, I think we'll just go by the group and, and just kind of look at who we got and see who's who's going to go through and potentially win this thing. Nope. Sorry. hate that idea. Awful. <laughs> but you know what? All right. Then you, you know what? Let's 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 go to to Iceland's tactics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Iceland's tactics. If we can talk, go really in depth in terms of uh, how the domestic form of all of Albania's roster uh, has been. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, if you've been paying attention to Planet Football, we do have an Albanians abroad uh, <laughs> regular regular feature in anticipation of this podcast. So so at least we're covered there. But seriously, uh, that group by group is fine with me. Okay. Uh, let's let's go alphabetically backwards and start with Group F. Uh, it's an interesting group for me. It's got Portugal, Iceland, Hungary, and and Austria. And and when you you look at those teams, obviously Portugal stands out for obvious reasons. It's Cristiano Ronaldo's team, and and Portugal just has the clout. Um, but they're also a team that in tournaments you, you, they don't always show up, right? And and with the one man team, uh, and look, they're a little deeper than just one man. But but Ronaldo's the star. Uh, I I just think they're a team that's ripe for the picking. Yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely right. And I also agree with you that this is maybe for me the most interesting group in, in the entire tournament. Um, Portugal is clearly the class of the group. This trio of Austria, Hungary, and Iceland are three maybe of the, the biggest beneficiaries of this uh, expanded uh, Euro tournament. Like Austria uh, hasn't been in a major tournament, I believe, since World Cup 1998. Uh, Hungary hasn't been for longer than that, I believe. And for Iceland, it's their uh, it's their first major tournament ever, um, and of course they're put in a uh, in a group with Portugal, which yes, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, but it's always about the supporting cast with them, and it's all about whether the supporting cast can can help Ronaldo do uh, you know claim his place amongst um, amongst the greats. I think if he were able to win, uh, if he if Portugal were able to win Euro twenty sixteen. All of a sudden, the argument between him and Messi maybe changes a little bit, especially if Argentina doesn't win the Copa America. Um, judging based on trophies is a slippery slope to go on, but people do it anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, um, Austria. Look, they've got Christian Fuchs is their is their is their leader, um, and you know you talked to him on on this podcast uh, a little bit ago while Leicester was in the middle of its run, uh, and and Austria. I, they're like a sneaky good side. You, you look at their roster; it's it's pretty stacked. David Alaba, Marco Arnautovic, uh, just a couple of the big names on on that side. 
um, you know, I, I would tip them as a dark horse for a, a potential deep run. You know, I could see them winning a couple knockout games. Yeah, absolutely. They they have uh, good players in important positions, and I would count uh, Fuchs among them. Uh, you know, it's very important to have uh, really high-energy, solid fullbacks in, in today's game, and Fuchs is absolutely one of them. He was among the best in the Premier League uh, last season, and with him as the captain, you know, he talked to us about how important it is for Austria not just to go to the tournament and be happy that they're there, but also to make an impact once they're there. So I think they're definitely a pretty good upset pick. But it's also hard to you know go against Iceland, for example. They had an incredible record in qualifying. Yeah, for sure. Uh, their form since qualifying, not that great. But mm. you know what? They they took it to the Netherlands in that qualifying group. They're not going to be afraid of, of any team that they face. My favorite player in this group might be Ricardo Quaresma. Uh, his his Trivella, when he, he kicks the ball off the outside of his boot, I don't know if you saw the assist that he had to Ronaldo, and they're friendly against Estonia uh, just the other day. But, man, it is it is a treat to watch. Um, I had forgotten one more additional note on Iceland. Idrik Gudjonsson, part of the squad yeah. for this tournament. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Still still kicking. Uh, let's let's move on to Group E, uh, which is a, a pretty stacked group. You look at Belgium, Italy, Sweden, and Ireland. Um, Belgium is, is the highest-ranked European team in this tournament, believe that or not. Number two, whether you like the FIFA rankings or not, that's just what it is. Uh, Italy is Italy. They they don't actually jump off the page to you. Um, I don't think they do much in the attack, but you can count on them to defend extraordinarily well, and that could cause some problems for a lot of these teams. In Sweden, of course, there's Zlatan and, and Zlatan playing in what could you be love his. Zlatan. I do, but it could be his last major tournament. It probably will be. Um, you know that he wants to go out with a bang, and especially playing in France, where he has just starred for PSG. He actually talked to us about that last summer when he was at SI. Uh, about how cool of an experience that would be. Uh, and then there's Ireland, which is just going to have the most fun fans, win or lose. They are the most fun team at any tournament that they are at. It's just a shame they're in this group, though, right? Like, I would love to be able to pick them to go into the knockout rounds and maybe even win a game once they're there. And if any tournament you would think that that would happen, it would be this expanded one where maybe the field is a little diluted. But in this group, like, I just don't see a way with uh, both Belgium and Italy. I think clearly, you know, you would think on paper, top of the group, but Sweden has an incredible difference maker in Ibrahimovic, not to mention an experienced remainder of their roster. Uh, Ireland has some experienced players as well, but I just think they're going to be overmatched here. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Sweden also is, is mixing in a lot of youth, though. They won the U21 UEFA Championship, um, which which should not be taken lightly, right? I mean, this they've got some young guys who have championship experience now, and, and you know it's a bigger stage with tougher competition, but... But you can't overlook that. That said, uh, it's it's Belgium's group to me. I know that Vincent Company is not there. And that's a huge loss for that back line. But that team is so stacked. You just look at all the talent on it. And I know the 2014 World Cup was supposed to be kind of where they blossom. And now this is supposed to be their time. They are my pick to win the whole thing. Um, I'd feel a little more confident if Company was back there. But uh, look, I, I think it's it's their group. Italy... Could see it going either way. Uh, they they've got flame out potential, and they also have like typical Italy, just so good defensively potential that are, they ride it to a deep run. I think the thing with Italy is that like, you know, this is a team that again, like with individuals that might not jump off of the page at you, but Italy has never really been totally about that. Like they're all about, and I assume they'll be the same this way. You know, they'll take your best punch, and they'll take another punch, and they'll take another punch, and then right when you're exasperated and you think that man, we're just never going to score. That's when they hit. Mentally, they have the game down, and 
there's no reason why they can't keep on doing that in this tournament, especially uh, with Antonio Conte. He'll want to make a lasting impression in his last tournament before he heads, heads off to Chelsea. Absolutely. I'm just looking forward to seeing Gigi Buffon singing the anthem at every single game. The, the most perennially stoked man in soccer. He's He's always just... To watch him go through the handshake line at the beginning of, of every game, no matter what kind of game it is, you can tell he just loves his job. And that is really refreshing in a time when uh, you see so many stone-cold faces in the anthem line and whatever. Gigi's just, uh, he's just totally stoked to be there. I'm excited, and I'm excited for him to be there for that reason. Absolutely. A legend. Italy, of course, the runner-up to Spain uh, in, the, in the last European Championship final. No Mario Balotelli this time around. Not that surprising. He's barely playing on the club level, but he was a pretty influential figure in that 2012 run. Um, so they lack, they lack a bit of experience up top. Among their crop of forwards, none of them have more than 19 caps, and that one, uh, that one is Stefan Al-Sharawi. Tremendously talented player, young. Uh, still inexperienced on this level, so as I said, you know they'll they'll be solid at the back. They'll be able to mentally see out whatever game they need to. But it's all about whether they'll be able to capitalize on the chances they create. For sure, for sure. Let's move on to Group D. Um, this is Spain's group. Spain is the two-time defending European champion, and now there's so much time in between these t- in between these tournaments, of course, and then there's overturn and whatever. Spain was the first. To go back to back. Now they're trying to be the first to three-peat. Um, they do enter this tournament after a loss to Georgia, uh, which thanks to all of you fantastically fun people on Twitter making a lot of college football jokes, saying Mark Rick leaves, and now look at what happens to Spain. <laughs> um, I you know, I don't put a whole ton of stock in, in that. Georgia is the 137th ranked team in the world. It was a one nothing game. Goal might have been offside also. Spain, though, obviously look, going through the motions, just trying to be healthy, just trying to enter this tournament. Uh, and and just you know be mentally ready to to take on this group, which also has Croatia, the Czech Republic, and Turkey. I think it's Spain's group to to take. Croatia has the horses, of course, to to compete with anybody in this field. Um, what, what do you make of of this Spain team? Is it championship quality? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have said that last Euros either, though. And they and. To be honest, they didn't look championship quality for most of the tournament until they got to the final when they looked like maybe the best team to ever play in the Euros. I mean, Iker Casillas <laughs> asked the referee to just put off stoppage time because they, <laughs> right. were, they were crushing Italy that badly. Right. Um, so, I mean, are they capable of greatness? Absolutely, because they're Spain. And, like, look at the players they have. They still have Sergio Ramos. They still have Iniesta. They still have uh, Fabregas. They still have David Silva, who... Uh, you know, isn't a maybe the marquee player he was a couple of years ago, but he's still incredibly good. Um, where I think maybe I'm a, I lack a little bit of confidence is again up top. Uh, their most experienced forward is Pedro, and outside of that, nobody has more than ten caps. Um, they chose not to take Fernando Torres or Diego Costa. Uh, some interesting roster decisions, definitely. Uh, it's you know. Could they come together? Absolutely. Spain likes winning without a real striker anyways. <laughs> that seems to be a thing that they do. Um, so, again, like Italy, I could see I could see it going both ways. Yeah, I, I think Del Bosque just needs to make the call and move on from Iker Casillas to David De Gea. Um, if he starts Casillas and he has a blunder, um, which he's become more prone to do, look, he's a legend, he's won everything, but you know, you got to move on. De Gea is one of the top goalkeepers in the world, so I think that's important. And I, I like Nolito. I like what he's brought to to Spain's front line. I know he's obviously not as experienced, but the Diego Costa thing just didn't work out. And, yeah. And 
Rightfully so, Del Bosque has, has recognized that and, and moved on. So between him, Alvaro Morata, I think there's there's potential. And Adariz. I mean, they. it's not that they don't have good players. It's that uh, they're players that you're not used to seeing, you know, really carry the load for Spain. And uh, like I said, the most the only person that really uh, does that on this roster or has done it in the past is Pedro. Um, and the degree to which he carried the load, quote unquote, for Spain can be debated. Yeah. But yes, but yes, Nolito is a, is an incredible player. Really fun watching him for Celta Vigo. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what Spain does. The team in this group that I'm really psyched about and that I have going to the sem- semifinals in my personal picks is Croatia. Um, I think that they just have a really nice balanced uh, team up and down. They've had a good record recently. Uh, they've got Mateo Kovacic, who's for me, maybe the most exciting young talent in Europe, albeit not getting a whole lot of time at Real Madrid, but look at who's in front of him. Um, they still have Mandzukic, who can pretty much score when he wants. Nikola Kalinic is a really interesting, uh, speedy uh, guy that can that can get goals. And of course, they've got Luka Modric pulling the strings in midfield. I mean, that's, uh, that's a pretty uh, balanced uh, attacking Absolutely, and they've got Ivan Rakitic in the midfield as well, and he Rakitic, knows Spain better, you know, better than anybody playing against these guys and with all of them. The fact that I can go through, you know, this team kind of off the top of my head and still forget somebody as good as Rakitic kind of says it all for me. Like Mario this, Mandzukic as well. Yeah, I mean this this is the this is a a team that has really underrated quality, and I think they can absolutely take second and maybe even win this group if if uh, Spain is having a down year. Uh, I'm looking for the free kick mastery of, of Halan Kalanoglu, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And if I'm not, UEFA has a phenomenal pronunciation guide. It's pretty good, yeah. Uh, on their on their website. They uh, they took a little comedic comedic uh, route with it, which is fantastic. Um, but look, set pieces can be a difference maker, and Turkey has, has one of the preeminent free kick takers in the world on their team. Uh, let's, let's move on to Group C, where the reigning World Cup champions, Germany, uh, are sitting. They will play against Poland and Ukraine, the Euro 2012 co-hosts, and Northern Ireland. Um, Germany. They obviously have the talent to do what Spain just did and, and win the Euros on the heels of a World Cup championship. But they um, look. They've they've moved on from a lot of veteran players. Miroslav Klose, you know, as old as he was, was still a pretty big part still of that World Cup goals. team, and and he's not there anymore. And there's questions up front. Is the Mario Gomez button going to be the winning one for, for Yogi Love again? For the sake of our podcast. For the I sake hope so. of our podcast, I hope so as well. We all do. Come on. Nobody doesn't like the Mario Gomez button. Um, but in all seriousness, um, that's look, no one no one questions the the chops of Germany and, and they've gone through the ringer of of winning a world title. Um, Poland's gonna pose a challenge. Robert Lewandowski obviously is is fantastic. He might be the best forward uh, in this entire tournament. Uh, Ukraine has a lot of up-and-coming young talent, uh, in addition to some of the veteran players like Konoplyanka. Um, and then Northern Ireland, I don't think anyone is expecting much um, you know, in this group. But Kyle Lafferty is a good player as well. And so, look, Germany's going to be tested. Their recent results haven't been fantastic. Uh, I, I think they're vulnerable. I think every single one of the favorites in this tournament is vulnerable in a way. So maybe that evens it out some. But I'm curious what you think about Germany. Yeah, I mean... I would I would quibble with you a little bit as in terms of the title of the best forward in this tournament because for me it's Thomas Miller and as long as he's on Germany I think they always have a chance because that guy is cross sport comparisons are always a little bit fraught but for me he's the Paul Pierce of 
of soccer. He just has a way of coming through in big moments and making things work in interesting ways, uh, in ways that people don't expect. Uh, and he's, he's a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And I think that as long as he is on the field and, and able to contribute, Germany has a chance. It's, I agree with you that this version of Germany maybe doesn't strike fear into the hearts of people quite the same way as, say, the 2014 version did, especially after the tournament that they had. Um, but they're still Germany. Like they, they're still Germany in a major tournament. Uh, this is a team that just makes semifinals and finals like it's eating breakfast. You know, <laughs> and breakfast is the most important meal, kids. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. That Paul Pierce analogy is 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 interesting because Mueller, if there's a knock on him, it's that he doesn't do anything. With, you know, there's there's no beauty to his technique so much, but he is clinical he and he converts and he gets it done five goals in each of the last two world cups and he shows up on the biggest stage and and when we talk about the vulnerability of germany i don't think anyone's expecting a round of 16 exit it's it's more so the bar is so high can they clear it again right um let's move on to group b and this is an interesting one for me as well england russia slovakia and wales actually when you look at the groups as a whole there's a lot of balance the way that that this draw worked out yeah uh england 50 years ago Won its last major trophy. I know that you think this is the year. This is the year, man. I'm I'm all in on this. I had uh, about a day, maybe two days, where I was really questioning myself and questioning my whole philosophy of life and everything <laughs> after I I uh, I picked them to to win this tournament. And you know what? Uh, like we discussed, and we keep on coming back to this discussion that we had on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago about making predictions. Uh, it's no fun to make predictions that are just chalk teams. And England is about as likely a non-chalk team as I can think of to win this tournament. Uh, they have balance really up and down the field with the possible exception of, of defense. But when it comes to midfield, when it comes to attacking options, they have Harry Kane, Jamie Vardy, guys that have scored goals for fun all season in the Premier League, which is no small feat. Uh, Wayne Rooney, who hasn't been the Wayne Rooney that we know and love, but can still pull the strings. Uh, they have options in midfield, whether it be uh, people to bring on to help secure results or people to bring on to help mix things up. Um, I just love the construction of this team. And more than any of that, they've been in great form recently. Uh, they're coming into this uh, into this tournament on a real hot streak. And they have young players that play fearlessly enough that I think they'll take the initiative and really, you know, they... I don't. I think that when you're young, it just doesn't matter so much that the, you haven't won a trophy in 50 years because you're just happy to be playing. Like we saw this with the U.S. in the 2002 World Cup, where Landon Donovan and Demarcus Beasley came out of nowhere to become really huge players for the U.S. I foresee uh, in my crystal ball that similar people will have a similar kind of impact from young players for England, and uh, they'll they'll win this tournament. Well, like big tournaments tend to be young man's games. I know a lot of exactly. coaches say that it's it's cliche almost at this point, but there's there's some truth to it. Uh, other thing I like about England is the fact that there's so many young players who played together. Tottenham, that whole entire core exactly. is on this team. Deli Ali uh, with Harry Kane and Eric Dyer. Uh, Would have been nice to see Danny Drinkwater uh, on. Uh, with uh, Jamie Vardy. But. Sure, sure. And especially after everything he did for, for Leicester, I think he was a bit of a, a surprise omission, yet Jack Wilshere, who has been about as healthy as... Uh, I mean, nobody. As, 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 yeah, right. <laughs> as healthy as usual. I mean, he barely played all season, but but look, coaches have their players, and he's on this team. And, and if he is healthy and he is in some sort of form... Fantastic player when he's in form. Exactly, so. exactly. 
Uh, elsewhere in this group, Wales, uh, Aaron Ramsey and, and Gareth Bale um, are are a great tandem. I you know Bale has has done nothing but succeed since he's gone to Real Madrid and and moved on from the Premier League. Uh, I think he'll have a point to prove. Uh, and the fact that Joe Ledley broke his leg a month ago and is on this team and is apparently fit to play. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see that play out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Elsewhere down the line, you look at Russia, the 2018 world cup host, they obviously want to show well, but they're missing Alan Shagov, which is a huge loss for them. He's, he's a vital playmaker. Um, You know, they have some other veteran forwards and and attacking players who, who can cause some problems. I think Russia won't be an easy out at all. And then uh, Slovakia just beat Germany in a friendly leading up to this tournament. Um, Look, I, it's, again, another balanced group. I don't think there's any easy wins anywhere. But, look, England didn't lose. They, they were perfect, actually, in, in qualifying, 10 for 10. Slovakia boasting uh, former NYCFC, uh, NYCFC striker Adam Nemich. So maybe we'll get some former MLS uh, goals in this tournament. I don't know. Maybe. And honestly, I'm, I can't believe I went to Adam Nemich instead of mentioning Marek Hamžík and the incredible player that he is and how fun it'll be to see him uh, in a major tournament uh, because he doesn't get anywhere near the amount of attention he should. He's a fantastic player for Napoli, a big reason why Napoli's been a player uh, in Serie A for the last several seasons. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that's so that'll the best be really part. fun. That's, that's a great part about this tournament. That's a good point, is, is you get to see these guys who, you know, I feel like after every tournament, you you hear these names, and you're like, oh, yeah, that, oh, right. my God. And then, you know, <laughs> you realize that, by the way, they've actually been playing at an extraordinarily high level, just not at your top-tier club that you that you always see. Uh, on TV. All right, let's wrap this up with Group A. And of course, it's all about France. France is the host of this tournament. Uh, they've won the World Cup on home soil. They've won the Euros on home soil. They're trying to lift another trophy on home soil again. To get out of the group, they will have to beat Switzerland, Albania, and Romania. I do not see that being a problem for them. Do you? No, absolutely not. They're they're deep at every position. Uh, the only possible thing that you that might be working against them is like intra-squad chemistry with the whole Benzema thing, but Benzema's not in the team, so that's probably not not a huge issue to yeah, be honest. Yeah, they nipped that. They nipped that pretty early. It was like I think that was a super smart decision to just leave him off, uh, even given as as good of a forward as he is. It's not as if they lack options. Griezmann's been in fantastic form. Giroud isn't uh, maybe a world beater of a striker, but he can get you a goal if you're if you're in a situation where you have to lump it in the box. Martial's been a revelation for Manchester United this season. And as for Andre Pierginiak, I have not looked this up, but I would venture to guess that he is he if he scores in this tournament, he'll be the only player in Liga MX history uh, to score at uh, the European Championships, and that would be cool. That would be cool. Uh, France again, talent up and down the field. Paul Pogba is, is where it all starts with with them. But then you look at a guy like Kingsley Coleman, who is so young and has won so many titles and been a part of so many good teams he's 19 he's 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 19 years old he's he's living life and and we talk about this being a young man's tournament i mean this is a a stage for him to break out even more and announce his his presence to the world i don't see france having an issue with any of these teams switzerland to me uh is is a very good team i think they're capable of of winning a knockout game or two i mean yeah switzerland has a great team uh they have personally Maybe along with Marek Hamzik, another player that I really like watching, just personally, uh, Zerdan Shakiri is maybe one of my favorite favorite players to watch. Uh, he, you know, in addition to being uh, hilariously small, <laughs> is also an incredibly powerful player and very unpredictable, and can score some real, uh, really amazing goals. 
and also set up his teammates well. He's a very complete player, and I, again, like along the lines of Marek Hamjik, a, a player I'm excited to see on a big stage. Yeah, Brilin Bolo as well, another 19-year-old uh, rising star. Uh, get get to know that name because he's he's going to end up on one of the big boys uh, in in Europe. Uh, sometime soon. Um, so that takes us through the six groups. Um, now, before we turn our attention to Bradley Wright Phillips and bring him on to talk a little bit more about England and this tournament as a whole, just want to go through uh, go through our picks. Um, you know, we made our predictions on on SI.com. You can check them all out at Planet Football, um, where you can ridicule us or accuse us of taking meth, as one commenter has has done to you. Crystal meth, all caps. Yes. Um, yes. So we're gonna go game by game through this, right? Like result by result. Yeah, minute by minute, minute by minute. With, yeah, with with complete goals because scores. we have to we have to be really detailed in order to get the third place teams right and and uh, and everything that you have to do with a fun twenty four team uh, tournament. Or we could just start in with the with reading the brackets. <laughs> Why don't we just go to the quarterfinals? Let's just go to the quarterfinals. And, yeah, and yeah, take yeah. it from there. <laughs> uh, who uh, who who are your final eight? Uh, my final eight are I have uh, Switzerland playing Croatia uh, in one quarterfinal, England versus Portugal in the other. Um, let's just go with those two first. I think, like I said, uh, when we were talking about Croatia, I think they have all the tools to, to make a deep run. And the way I have it working out, they have a pretty easy road. They're playing Sweden in the first round, Switzerland in the second. I think they're better than both those teams. Uh, they'll meet England in the semifinal. England versus Portugal will be an epic quarterfinal, uh, as it often is. Uh, but for all the reasons uh, that I've already explained, I think England will go through there. That's also why they'll beat uh, Croatia and get into the final. In the other side of the bracket, I have a Germany versus Belgium will probably be the game of the tournament if things go exactly as I predict, um, which they won't. <laughs> uh, Germany will come out of that one fine because they're Germany in a major tournament and they make semifinals. That's just what they do. France and Iceland. Uh, I think Iceland, again, similar to, uh, to Croatia, I think... You know they have an easy they have an easy road. I have them meeting Wales uh, in the in the first round, and then uh, they run into France. France wins that game. They're at home, and because they're at home, they will beat Germany. It's England versus France in the final, and yeah, England's gonna win that. Wow, I know you've got some I'm taking some risks. Yeah, <laughs> got some uh, taking some, a couple risks. Got some ballons. Uh, <laughs> in in the spirit of of France here, twenty sixteen. If this works out, though, I'm better make some money somehow off of this well that's that's on you to 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 act on you could argue that maybe i'm already making money off of this seeing as i'm employed here at sports illustrated but uh i want more if it works out just like this i deserve a bonus i think we'll we'll put in the good word um for my my quarterfinals i'll start uh top left of the bracket like like you did i've got poland uh beating switzerland in the round of 16 and, and taking on spain uh, in the other quarterfinal on that side, I've got England, Sweden, mostly just because I want to see that Zlatan goal against England just replayed over and over and over. Uh, out of those two, I have Spain beating Poland, in England beating Sweden, England and Spain in the semifinals, where, of course, England will go out on penalties. Uh, on the other side of the bracket, I also have Germany playing against Belgium, but I have Belgium going through just because I am all in on Belgium in this tournament. Uh, on the other side of that, I have France and Portugal, which I think will be interesting and unique. Uh, star power-wise will be great, and it'll be good to see Cristiano Ronaldo go a little deeper into a tournament uh, than, than Portugal has in the past. But I do have France coming out on top of that. Uh, France-Belgium in the semifinals, which to me will be the game of the tournament. Uh, Belgium, however, 
breaks some hearts and goes through. Belgium, Spain in the final. It's a Belgian era. Drink some Belgian beer, bring out the Duval, and call it a day. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that second part of it. Belgian beer is, is amazing. It's amazing. Um, we should point <laughs> out that uh, I, I had a lot of fun looking at, at our picks in this article on Planet Football because you and I are absolutely, maybe, maybe not the best people to be giving our picks on the <laughs> podcast, seeing as we are the two biggest outliers by far. Literally everybody else chose France, and with good reason, because... They have a strong team and they're playing at home and they've won the previous two major tournaments they've hosted at home. So exactly. it's uh, it's hard to bet against them, yet both you and I did for some reason. And if you're, look, if you're looking at the top tier of, of teams and the chalk way to go to the semifinals, you're pretty much looking at France, Germany, England and Spain or France, Germany, Italy and Spain, something along those lines. Maybe right. Belgium and, and England are, or Belgium and Italy are, are more prevalent, but but that's kind of the tier that we're looking at. Um, definitely check out all of our picks, uh, not just mine and Alex's, on Planet Football. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have Bradley Wright Phillips of the New Yorker. Hey, everybody! Uh, we'll get back to our podcast in a second and our interview with uh, Bradley Wright Phillips. Uh, but before we go any farther, I want to. Tell you a little bit of story that connects with our sponsor. Uh, when I was a groomsman in my uncle's wedding, I was in charge of basically overseeing the uh, ring bearer for the wedding, who was my four-year-old cousin. And I got to tell you, I let him out of my sight for one second. And even though I swear the ring uh, was on the little pillow with the little twisty tie thing on it, somehow it came off of the pillow and the twisty tie thing was gone. And the ring was somewhere in my uncle's lawn. And uh, judging from the reaction of basically everybody in the wedding party, uh, it taught me right then and there that uh, a ring in a wedding is a pretty big deal and worthy of a lot of stress. Now, that was a long time ago, but ring shopping, as I understand it, is still very stressful. And if you're in the middle of entering that stress right now, you should really check out Ritani. They'll help make it a lot easier on you. All of their rings are handcrafted in New York. You shop online and they'll ship overnight to you or a Ritani jeweler close to you. If it's not exactly right, you can return it with no hassle. This is ring shopping on your terms. There's no pressure and no pushy salespeople. And presumably no weird cousins that will drop the rings in your uncle's lawn. Anyway, you design a ring on their easy-to-use website, they handcraft it, and you choose to get it delivered to your home or to a jeweler near you. It's really that simple. Get the perfect ring and feel great about doing it. And this month, they're giving away a diamond. Now, I think this is the coolest part of this whole thing. You can get a diamond from listening to this podcast. Just visit Ritani.com. That's R-I-T-A-N-I dot com slash sports, spelled like sports, today for the free diamond giveaway. All right, now back to the podcast and our interview with Bradley Wright Phillips. All right, welcome back. We are happy to be joined by New York Red Bulls forward and London native Bradley Wright Phillips to talk a little bit more about this field and about England in particular. Bradley, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, first off, I, I got to ask you, does this break for the Euros come at a bad time for you? You've got five goals in your last two games, teams finding a groove. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you after the break. If I, if I stop scoring and we stop winning, then... I guess the answer to your question is a bad time. But for now, I'm just trying to get the rest in and the legs and 
No, I mean just just be ready for when we when we go back to work. <laughs> I I hear that. Um, <laughs> before we get into to some specifics about about England, which which I'm curious to to hear your thoughts. Um, just your your thoughts overall, though, on the 24 team expansion to the Euro field. Um, you know, it allows some more teams in, uh, of course. But then there's some people yeah. that say it kind of dilutes things. What What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I I, I think obviously if, if it was, when there's you know without the expansion, it was a lot more difficult for you know the qualifiers and and so on. But I think yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. The more teams, the more the more um, competitive it is, and I, I I think it's good for for all the teams you know competing in it in the euros i like it i like it a lot okay um now now on to england um there's a lot of i feel like there's a lot of optimism around this team and and uh, that happens come tournament time but but there's something different about this team it seems like whether it's it's the youth or whether it's just kind of the excitement yeah what what do you think about this team i think i think leicester's um leicester and tottenham you know that the seasons those those two teams had have, have put a lot of excitement into you know what England could could achieve in in these Euros. You know, usually it's just a lot of hype. We we just think it's our time. You know, without no right, we just think it's our time. But you got Harry Kane, Jamie Vardy. These guys have had seasons like of a lifetime. You know, great seasons. Their teams have done well. And then you bring in with the other players they got. You know, obviously Wayne Rooney. Um, yeah, some good young, some very good young, exciting players. You know, even the bench is strong or whatever the bench will be. But I feel I feel now is that you know when. Let me go back to when, you know, obviously Beckham, Lampard, Gerard, these guys are all, they're legends. And we just think it's going to be our time. These guys have to do something. But I feel with this group of players, there's going to be a lot more hunger, a lot more hunger. And, and a lot of them are on form. You know, they come off an amazing season. So I don't know if not now, you know, if, if not now excited, I don't know when you can be excited. Yeah, for sure. I, and I mean, you look at especially the the young talent that played so well, and and you alluded to them all playing together um, at at some of their teams, especially Tottenham. I feel like that team is supplying so much of the talent. Um, for yeah. for a player like Rooney, what what do you think it does to his role on the team, knowing that he doesn't necessarily need to be the guy to score the goals? I feel like it, I don't know if he's a guy that will look at it. You know, I don't know you know him personally, so I don't know if he'll feel the pressure like that. But it will definitely take a lot of you know, the goal scoring responsibility off of him. You know, and he, he's a he's a man that can play in a in a few positions. Although with Rooney it's, it's so difficult because of the seasons Harry Kane and, and Vardy have had. The role he's I'm not sure what I'm not sure what's gonna happen. He ha, he has to play in a way, but it's so weird. I watched him against Portugal and I I don't like the formation. I don't like how they played, you know, it didn't it didn't seem to suit them. You you wasn't getting the best out of Kane or Vardy, you know. Hodgson needs to find a way to play them where he's getting the best out of of those two, and and that's the tricky thing with Rooney. Maybe if he plays in a hole, you know, behind them, but them two are still playing up front. I think you can you can really get the full the full use out of those three players. But it's a difficult one. But I'm very excited. I think these these guys have got goals in them, and you know, in tournaments, that's what you need. You need people to have you know um, a nice run of, uh, run of goals, and it can take you a long way, man, a very long way. Absolutely. There's a lot being made about 18 uh, year old. Marcus Rashford, who kind of came out of nowhere, yeah. started scoring a lot of goals for Manchester United, scored on his England debut, yeah. and now here he is on this team. Um, what do you make of his his rise, and do you think he's someone that could actually, you know, make a dent on on this tournament? If you can make it, if you can, you know, make the impression you make in the Premier League, I think you can do that anyway. The way he's come in, you know, what I like about this guy is um, he's young, but it's not just goals he's scoring. If you watch his all round play. He's a fantastic player, very, very, very good player. I feel like he, he, 
he deserves to be in the squad and, and him coming off the bench is, is very good for England. You've got to understand this guy, what, 18? He, he's fearless. Right now, he's just enjoying life. You know, he's fearless and, and that's a weapon in itself. You add that with his ability, with the guys around him. I think, yeah, him in the squad is valid and I think he would do well. They just got to give him a chance because he'll do well. He's fearless, man. Great, very good player. Yeah, building off of that, we were talking earlier in the show about how often these these tournaments, World Cups, European Championships, are uh, young man's tournaments, uh, so to speak. You know, because yeah. if you're uh, if you're young and inexperienced, it can it can sometimes work to your advantage uh, because you play For without sure. fear. Uh, is there a flip side to that though? Is you know could that also come back to where like you need the experience to know how to see out games in tough moments and and that mm-hmm. kind of thing? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's football at the end of the day. I'm, I'm not really sure. I think I think if he if if we're using Rashford as the example, if he came on and you know didn't do too well, they would they would obviously use that. Sure. But I think he he's played enough game and he's got good you know he's got players from his team that are that are away with him. You know he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. I don't, I don't think it's an excuse. I think if he's good enough, you you play. You know what I mean? He he's played loads of matches, not just for the first team, but he's played loads of matches. He knows what to do at the end of the game. If if the team's winning and he needs to hold up the ball or go into the corners, I don't think it's going to come down to any of that. I think when you go in, you're young, you're just living your dream. He's going to go out there, work his hardest because he's playing for his country. And you know what I mean? He's going to do what he does. I don't think it matters. So, sort of like, it didn't matter for Michael Owen in the World Cup. I was just about to bring him up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, when you look at the Euro field as, as a whole, um, I guess where do you put... England, do you do you put them on the on the top tier? Do you think they should be considered one of the favorites, or, or do you think maybe they're they're a little below the the France and Germany line? I think that I I have to be honest. I think they're a, a little bit lower. I think you know if they went into a game against France or Germany, they would be very cautious and you know um, have a lot more respect for those those teams. You know than than uh, most of the other teams in there. I think they're just below it, but. I like that about it. I, I want them to be that kind of, you know, underdog. You know, when they go into tournaments with pressure, that you know, the English media as well. If I'm being honest, they're very harsh on them. So when they go in with that kind of pressure, that yeah, it's our time and it's, you're going to win, it's just it's it's a bit too much. So if they go there, it's, it's cool with them being the underdog. You know, to like teams like France and Germany. France are the favourites. Germany are an amazing amazing team as well. So it's good for England to be just below those guys. But I do think they're just under that under that mark. But you know, no matter what, the English media is gonna is gonna kill them, even if they're underdogs or or favorites are expected yeah, to do well. <laughs> Good point. Right. Uh, do you see uh, difficulty in that group between Russia, Wales, Slovakia? I know you know yeah. Gareth Bale is obviously a fantastic player, um, but but do you yeah. do you anticipate them having trouble in that group? I do. I do. I do. Um... It will be tough. I expect them to. I expect them to get out of the group. But it'd be tough. I think when I look at, it, I feel like Wales. Not because I think they're the best, or because of Gareth Bale. They'll be their toughest, their toughest game. You know, it's like a, it's almost like a derby with countries. Wales playing England. That's going to be a, a very tough game to play. But the other two, I, I I honestly expect them to win. I expect them to actually win the game. And Wales won just because of the, the everything around it. You know, Britain. It's been it's so close. You know, it's. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a derby kind of atmosphere. But the other two, it's a tricky group, but I expect them to win it. With how the players have been playing this season, I expect them to win, you know, those two games with Slovakia. It's Slovakia, right, and Russia. Yeah, yeah. Wales, I just, I just know will be tricky. Obviously, England, you know, I think England are the better team, but I just think it'll be tricky with everything around it. But it is a definitely, it's definitely a tricky group. 
No, that's a good point. And of course, for for Wales, it's it's kind of like the ultimate, you know, proving ground. It's a you know that there's so much to gain exactly. by beating England on on the European stage um, that you could see exactly. them getting up for that for sure. If you had to make a make a prediction for how England is going to fare this this summer, um, we, we already know that that you think they're going to get out of the group, but how far is it? Uh, is it an impending loss on PKs? Is it is it winning the first title in fifty years? What uh, what do you think? I don't want to go as far as winning. You know, I don't want to go as far as winning. Not because I don't believe it. I just, you know, it, it's a lot to accomplish. I, I think they're getting at least, I think they'll get to the semis. I honestly do. I think they'll get to the semis. I'm not sure, you know, how, how it'll go, but I think they'll get to the semis. Okay. Alex, Alex picked them to win. I did. Maybe against my better judgment, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what it is? It's just, you know, you look at teams when they play on their home soil. France are just going to be. There's no doubt to me that France are just going to play amazing every game. You know, I just know that's going to happen. Right. You know, and I, I, just, I just don't know. I, I say semis for now. With the players England have got, they, they're obviously capable of winning this, you know, the Euros. But it's just a lot to say win for me right now. I do think semis, though. I think they'll get far. I think that's probably the, sa- the safer pick uh, by far, uh, to, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. are, there, are there any other teams uh, outside of England that uh, you're looking forward to seeing just in terms of you know, whether they're exciting, uh, big name teams or anybody, uh, any teams France, in particular? France. Yeah, France. It, it, you know, they're in a similar place to England right now. They've got a lot of younger, young guys coming through, making a name for them, being amazing on the, uh, on the world stage, you know, with their, with their club teams. And it, it'll just be good. To, I, I think France are very, a team that's going to be dominating for a while. If they can get it together, you know, if they can get the results that their team's capable of, I think they're going to be, you know, dominating for a while. They look very good, France. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's it's their their tournament to lose. But that said, uh, you know, you look at Germany, you look at Spain, even Belgium. A, a lot of talent spread out all around the continent. Um, so I think it should make for yeah, some pretty exciting yeah. play. Belgium, another exciting team, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we let you get out of here, I gotta gotta ask you about uh, about Copa America and actually Jamaica as a whole. I know that there was some talk that they had reached out to you before the World Cup qualifiers about playing for them. Did they did they try and, and reach out to you again before this tournament? You know what? I've I've spoke to them a few times. It's, it's not them. They've been they've been amazing. It was me at first. I wasn't sure, you know, what I wanted to do in terms of just like international football over here. You know, our season works different. It's a lot of games to play, and sometimes they take you out. You know, you're you're gone during the season. But if I'm being honest, I'm very you know like I'm very you know interested in maybe playing for them at one stage. But it's on my half. I've got to sort out my my documents and everything. You know, when I've spoke to them, I have I haven't had everything there. You know to to give to them when I've needed it. So it's, a, it's just a case of me sorting out some things. And then once I've, sort out, when I've, once I've got the option to play, you know, when I can, when I sort out my papers and I, and I have the option to play, that's when I'll make the decision. But it's something that does interest me. Okay. That's, that's good to know. Um, what have you thought of, of Copa America so far and, and Jamaica's play a, a tough loss in, in the first game to Venezuela? Um, yeah, I've, I'm, I, I watched all the games, you know, the Copa games. Copa America, the Jamaica one, it was a little bit disheartening. I think the sending off, the sending off has killed them. You know, um, it's going to be very tough for them now. You know, they need to win probably three games. I think they play tonight against Mexico, so they're gonna, you know, they need a win, and it's, it's very tough. I think that red card, um, you know, in tournaments, walk-ins and, and red cards, yellow cards, those things can they play a big part, and I think they could have, you know, could have ruined their chances a little bit with that. But I love, I love Copa America. It's very exciting. Very. That's good. Are you planning on getting out to any of the games in uh, in New Jersey? 
you know what? I haven't thought about it. I might though. The next ones I'll check where the next one is in New Jersey. Uh, you know, my son he's a, he's a, um, obsessed with football, and uh, I should really take him to a game. Try and take him. I wish they were playing at Red Bull Arena. It'd be so much easier you know, to to get, to, to get tickets. And, you know, get there easier. But I'll see. I'll see. Okay, fair enough. Do you do you have a pick for for Copa? Actually, I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to see who uh yeah, who you yeah. might peg. I watched um. It was crazy. So when I first watched Uruguay, I was like, no, this, they look the strongest, you know. But then I saw Argentina. Argentina were quality in their first game. And and also their, their bench was unbelievable. They got so much depth, you know, in, the, in their squad. I see Argentina winning that. I really do. Yeah, fair I enough. I Argentina-Mexico final and then Argentina will win it. I think I think everybody here at SI that picked that tournament had an Argentina Mexico final, but just it, yeah. we varied about yeah. w- which uh, which one of those two teams is going to win it. Brother, I want to really thank you for the time uh, and and the insight. Wish wish England good luck and uh, and and Jamaica mm-hmm. luck as well. And if you should join them in the future, we'll yeah. keep an eye out for that. And good luck the rest of the season uh, with the Red Bulls. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you for having me. And that'll do it uh, for this Euro and slight Copa uh, edition. Of... Can't, we can't avoid it entirely. No, look, it's going on. The overlap is fantastic. There's going to be oh so much soccer uh, on the horizon as if there hasn't been uh, enough already. There's going to be 15 games between Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, so just don't sleep and you'll be fine. Um, but uh, but definitely check out uh, all of all of our coverage on, uh, on Planet Football, SI. I'm sorry, Sports Illustrated Planet Football on Facebook. A lot in the pipeline. We've got a lot already out there, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, And until next time, uh, for Alex Abnos and Bradley Wright Phillips, I am Avi Creditor. We will talk to you again on the Planet Football Podcast. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network? the number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.